Systems. Hello, Mr. Bo. Hello. Okay, so uh, what do you want to do? Okay, so um but first Russia and then SCOTUS. Mm-hmm. And uh that's probably a whole show right there, right? Uh yes, I believe so. Okay. Then I guess it's time to go. Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, July 1st. 2023, it is 3.03 UTC, which means uh, for both me and Yvonne, it is actually still Friday, June 30th, because we're in the US, and it's just after 8 p.m. for me and just after 11 p.m. for Yvonne. So, hello, Yvonne. Hello. So, we are officially in the halfway point to 2024. Halfway of the way from 2022 to 2024, yes. Right. I mean, this is like the middle of Halfway through the year. Yeah. It it is very exciting. Um, Is it? No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in fact, it's it's kind of like one of those things where, oh my God, it's been another six months already. It's another half year. For real? How fast? You know, time is just moving way too fast. It's like I just turned around and it's been like another long period of time. Yeah. And and, and I know, you know, that w- this is part of getting older and all this kind of stuff, but ah, it's, it's just like it goes by so fast sometimes. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. I mean, the long-term things go by fast. Sometimes like, you know, I can be in a meeting and it can feel like that meeting <laughs> is going forever, even though it's only yes. like an hour oh. long or something. But oh my God, geez, the other day, I mean, you know, some of these meetings uh, that I that you go online, and it, you know, it's very difficult to communicate certain information. In a way that is keeps you know that is entertaining, keeps people's attention. <laughs> it's very hard to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, you look at how much money Apple spends to now that they don't have Steve Jobs to do their little who presentation. Was very gifted, okay, yeah. at doing that. Okay, um, at basically producing a show. Yes. Because that's what they're doing now. They're like, look, none of us here could do what the hell he did. So we got to get some Hollywood producers in here to make this thing look, you know, really good. Because we're just going to fuck it up. Yes. And and, and (laughs) people wondered for a while, like, hey, after the pandemic is over, are they going to go back to doing it live in person on a stage? Uh, No. (laughs) They did not. No, they did not. Not that they don't have people coming there to do that, but they're doing the presentation in a way that's far more polished and, you know, 
produced in a way that, you know, they're going through it. It's like, look, are we putting people to sleep? For the most part, they're doing a pretty good job of not putting people to sleep. It, it, it's well presented. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, but, how did um, we start talking about this? Oh, uh, because we're tired. Oh, we're tired. Oh, because time goes so fast. And then I mentioned right. meetings go slow. Right. Even though right. the months seem to just like, you know, I, I have in my head the little thing that they always did in like old cartoons and stuff of like the, the one day calendars like flipping with all the <laughs> pages coming off as the days go by. And then suddenly it's months later. Yeah. Did you ever have one of those? Like, I mean, you know, back when Dilbert was, I didn't know that the guy that wrote it was a complete fucking asshole. You know, I have one of those like Dilbert calendars. I, I, I didn't know. I, page I don't day. know that I had a Dilbert one, or but a I far cer- side one. I or... certainly had. I'm I'm sure I had a far side one. I had a variety of those kinds of calendars and people those would cool. give them to me for Christmas and stuff. You know, and it, it's, you know, we don't get those anymore. Those were really cool. Like a far side calendars was hilarious. Well, see the Every thing day you like pull a page. Well, you can still go and get those kinds of things if you want. But the, see the yeah. problem I had with those is that like I would get them, I might flip through them, but I would never use them as intended, taking a page off every day. Oh, no, just I'm forget. pretty sure that I had something that was on my desk that every day I would go take off a page and like, oh, look, the new joke. Huh? Yeah, no, I would never do that. I would find them unopened five years later. Oh. And, and then I would go through them and be like, oh. Well, that you'd read a, like, like a book. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know they they have ones for various cartoon series. They have one with like Cat of the Day or like Space Picture of the Day. They've got all kinds, you know. But so our agenda for today, we're going to do our butt first. Amazingly enough, it it was not what we just talked about. Um, And then we're going to do a segment following up on the craziness in Russia that was breaking as we were recording last week, and sort of. You think things happened really quickly and then uh, there still might be stuff going on, but we don't know as much. And then we're going to talk about uh, the Supreme Court, SCOTUS. Uh, there are a whole bunch of rulings this week. I've got uh, I've got five bullet points on my cheat sheet here of different kinds of things that they did that we should probably talk about. And um, yeah, so that's the plan. So Yvonne, you know my butt first is going to be a movie. Do you want me to right. go first or would you like to... I'll go first before we get to another movie. Okay. Um, so uh, I I was reading recently how a lot of people are getting very agitated with the fact that um, a lot of places now that didn't used to uh, give you prompts to tip people mm-hmm. now give you prompts to tip especially now that like a lot of this stuff is electronic there'll be the little thing that comes up that you know and pre-filled for 15 20 25 percent and stuff like or no 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 but these are ones that you you could opt here i'm talking about like starbucks and places yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about you get the little screen there's not pre-filled at anything you pick a number Oh, well, they give you all. I mean, they give you at, at, you at know. my Starbucks at my Starbucks that now that I'm going into work, I go through the drive through like several times a week um, that th- they hand you a little thing and you can't you can pick your own number, but they do have little boxes that you can just one. Oh, click. yeah, they have. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's not preset. Like if you just like ignore it, that. It, oh, it, no, it, no, no. But it, it, it hits you 15. But, but they say, hey, here's the thing. 
yeah. click on Just one of the it. buttons or pick your own. Or, and and like right. they are prompting you for it. Now, inside the Starbucks, they, of course, had the little tip jar. And on the app, if you pay using Starbucks points or the Starbucks credit or whatever, they'll they'll like give you a little alert like a few minutes after you leave, prompting you to do the tip on the app later. Okay. So, that, so. And, but the, but uh, your point is this is in lots more places. Like it's in it, a lot more places. Like, well, Starbucks didn't used to have this. I mean, this is very recent. Yeah. Okay. Well, they no. It's been in the app for a few years, but they they and they've had no. A but tip, at the store and they've had an actual the, tip jar yeah, in the yeah, store. Yeah. 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 But but at the store in the checkout for money. Look, I don't know what you're saying that it's been for years. It's on been years. App. It's been years. It, no. Absolutely. Well, years, year, like, like five years. No, no, it's yeah. been like, no, two. It, no. Okay. A- at least three I, I, more. You want to bet? Y- yes. You want to bet? Yes. You, you want to make a bet on this one because I tip everybody. Okay. All right. And you're trying to tell me that I could tip at Starbucks on the app when I fucking, the reason I'm bringing this up is because so many people are bitching about having to tip and I'm the guy that fucking always went out of their way to tip everybody. And I'm telling you. That that fucking app did not have that rolled out nationally for you to be able to tell. Well, of course, I like have no three way. years ago, before the pandemic, that's bullshit. That has been rolled out recently, okay? In less than the last two years. And I'm going to Google it because that's, you know, well, when I, when I Google know. it, I find a change to their tipping system at the end of 2022. But the tipping system existed well. Wait, 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 what? A change to it in 2022. Yes, but that did it, not existed the app before that. No, no, no. You're ab- wrong. Oh, uh, no, absolutely. I've been tipping on the fucking app for years. Oh, okay, you want to bet? You, yes, you, yes, okay. absolutely. You have Did been able to on tip in the Starbucks, Starbucks app. Okay, let's let's look this up. Okay, since you're saying, okay, that this is true. Okay, so I, ha- I, Dude, ha- I, ha- there- I have someone on Reddit talking about Three years ago, answering somebody who asked, is there a way to tip? And someone answering and saying, yes, go back and order. Look on the order on the app. You should be able to leave a tip. Um, blah, blah, blah. That was three years ago. Um, how to tip on. L- let me look. Uh, 2000. I, I, I'm telling okay, you right 2014. Now. Here you go. Get in 2014. And that was national? In no, wait, wait. That was rolled out. Every- no, no, no. The question is. Now, my question is, that's why I said national. Let me read read you what I said. Okay. This is an article for 2020 from 2022, but it has a question. How does the Starbucks app tip work? And it says, in 2014, Adam Brotman, the chief digital officer at Starbucks, announced digital tipping for iPhone. We are thrilled to offer a digital experience that is more enjoyable and rewarding for customers and partners. More than 11% of all transactions occur in our stores with a mobile device. The update to Starbucks app for iPhone represents a significant next step in digital innovation by Starbucks. It is one of many ways we'll grow and improve our digital experience over the coming months 2014 now how much did i win i don't know we didn't establish an amount oh you changed you did you, you didn't i asked you to bet you didn't you didn't take you didn't i take said yes I, I said yes i yes i did you didn't I, do offer an amount now you want to go back retroactively i will i will you can buy me a starbucks <laughs> i'll buy you a starbucks but <laughs> I, I look okay 
look, I use that app a whole bunch of times. I never saw it prompt me for a tip. I don't. Do you have not? Did recall. you allow it to do notifications? You notification? No. So if you don't have, if you have notifications on, it'll notify you a few minutes after you've done an order about the opportunity to tip. If you do not have notifications on, you have to go into your order history, find the order you just made. Oh, so a- okay. So uh, oh, well, that's it. Okay, no wonder I never saw it. So wait, you had to do it after you picked up the order? Yes. Well, that's fucking idiotic. <laughs> Uh, yes, I had notifications turned off. That's why I never saw that in there. So basically, I mean, how many people could have been using that that way? I mean, you have to wait. You buy, you give the order, and then get notified to go and add a tip. Yes, that's how it worked. It's how it still works. Well, that's just plain dumb. And also, you uh, using the app. Well, yeah, so I never saw an object. Oh, yes, so y- that's why I never saw it, because I'm fucking going to tip. I'm going to... Dip when I'm fucking put the transaction uh, in. Also, one, were to- one thing that annoys me about it as well, like, because I've, I've been complaining about this, like, to my wife and to anybody who would listen, but it hasn't come up on the show before, uh, is that in the Starbucks app specifically, you cannot, you cannot set it to just always tip a standard amount or a standard percentage. You have to do it separately every time. And That's when and when you do do it separately every time, the options it gives you are not percentage. It's $1, $2, $3, or other. So, it, it, like, I would want, like, I would happily yeah, go like, in there and put, just... Add 20% every time. Yes, exactly. I would just put in a percentage, probably 20%, and just leave it all the time and let it be automatic. But they do not <clears> let <throat> you do that. Also, but, but, but okay. if... Okay, and, we're, and, we're off on a tangent. Yeah, and the experience, like, if, if you're paying with a card instead of with the app at the drive-thru is a little bit different. Because then they do hand you the thing and you have to push the thing like while you're checking out. Um, but even then, by the way, if you, it, if, if they have, no, and, and never mind. Yeah. It, anyway, it's Starbucks is only one of these examples. Your point was lots of places where tipping yes. was not normal before right. are now asking more and more often and more and more aggressively for tips. Because it used to be essentially like you tipped at restaurants. And at fancier restaurants only, not at like fast food or anything. Uh, and, I, and I don't mean fancy, fancy, just like you know, sit down restaurants. Um, you, you tip there and maybe you tipped for a few things like travel related, like, you know, if, uh, and, and but that, that was about it. Like you didn't tip for like everything. And now it seems like more and more things you're tipping for. That was your point, well, right? <clears throat> yeah, but well, but no, 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 no. Okay. Not that you tip for everything. The one thing is that I've lived it, it, like down here in South Florida or like living in, uh, you know, going to like big cities and stuff. You know, I'm very used to going to a hotel and I tip, I tip the guy that puts a microwave in my room. I tip the, the chambermaid when I fucking remember, which I sometimes forget. I tip oh, the guy oh, that, oh, oh. That, that gives me. When you that, fucking that, remember. I, 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 I some, no, no, no. I, I forget sometimes. Okay? I'm sorry. I, I don't know why the hell I, I, I keep forgetting about the chambermaid chamber tip. I, I, it, I, it's I, bad. I, I am making well, fun of you because it, like it sounded like you said, I tip the chambermaid when I fuck her. That's why I'm no, making I, fun with No, when I remember <laughs> to, to, to tip her, I, I, keep, I, I keep for some reason always forgetting that. I mean, well, not always. Uh, you know, forgetting that. 
Um, you know, I, I'll tip the guy that brought my car, the car to wa- wash my car, the guy. To, I, I don't know. I, I, I tip people. Okay. And, so you know, here, here, here's, I, now, here's the thing about okay. this. Yes. The reason I do that. I, well, first of all, because I'm grateful for people to do it, work repeatedly every day. And, you know, especially a lot of people that go like, remember, you know, remember me and treat me well and whatever. So I try to make sure I'm like, hey, you know, th- you know, thanks for, you know, whatever. So I'll make sure. Um, you know, that they, they, they get a tip. Okay. Especially because what happens sometimes in certain places that didn't use the tip, then I would figure out a way to, you know, to, to, to tip them because, you know, oh no, this guy, I came into the store and they remember me. Yeah. I want to make sure that he knows that I'm, that I'm happy for the, you know, for them putting in the extra effort. Okay. Um, and so I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Okay. Um, you know, but now, uh, with this thing happening, like, man, there's articles of people, even bursts of people angry about the 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 the, the 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 little screen at Starbucks, you know, asking them to, hey, tip. Yeah. So, um, so you know, I, I think there are two there are a couple things that are leading to this. Um, and then I'll tell you my thoughts on it. Um, first of all, is fewer and fewer people carrying cash. Because they used to, like, in lots of these little places, just have, like, a tip jar or whatever, yeah, tip where, where people right. would yeah. put in a buck or whatever. They, you know, yeah. yeah. And yeah, some yeah. people would, some people wouldn't, but it would just, you know. But the percentage of people who actually transact with cash on a regular basis is dropping precipitously. I mean, I stopped carrying cash, like, over a decade ago. Uh, but, like, you know... Even the holdouts are doing it less than they used to, right? And especially in the younger generations, like y- you know, I I like I I will tell you like um, an example like with with my son Alex and my mother, like she would occasionally like give him like cash for like birthdays and or stuff, and I was like, you can't do that because cash is not it is a rarity that you save and like put away it's not something you use uh same like she tried to give him a check same damn thing it went away to be like what you don't you have a little bank account well yeah but he didn't like he didn't want to like mess with it right so i was like look here's what my god like here 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 you know if you want to do anything like that give me the money and I will transfer money into his account. But if you give him something that's paper, he just wants to keep the paper and keep it untouched and in pristine condition. But, but here's the thing now, but my wait, 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 but right now with a check, you still have to sign the back of it when you deposit it. No, you don't. That's bullshit. I know you don't. They, they will never do it. Any, they will do it anyway. But they tell you you're supposed to, and he's gonna. That's that's bullshit. Look, he will he follow instructions. Deposit. Damn. Anyway, the point. Oh, the point. Fuck. Well, that's his problem. The point is. The point is, and that's an extreme example, right? But I have heard many, many examples of under thirties, basically just like cash. What the fuck is that? Why would you ever do that? 
Yeah, well, you know, I hope they don't go to a country like or someplace where there is no internet, okay, and figure out how the fuck, you know, it, you know, cash is still necessary in a whole bunch of places, okay? Yeah. Well, you know, they would deal with that when they got to it, but- uh, No, they wouldn't. No, no, they won't. Yeah, what they'll do is cry, okay, <laughs> and beg for mercy. That's what they do now. Anyway, anyway, uh, but I think that's part of it, is that less and less people are carrying cash, so tipping that way just isn't- possible um also the there's more recognition generally that a lot of these people even the ones that aren't like you know there's there's the ones who actually make less than minimum wage because they're expected to make money on tips but even the ones that are making like standard like fast food living or whatever there's a recognition that that's not really a lot and giving people the opportunity to, to pay more. Um, and so I, I don't mind tipping in those situations. I will tell you, like, I, I need the prompt. Like I will tip anywhere. There is a tip prompt, but if there is no tip prompt, if there is no line on the check, if there is no thing on the app, then I just don't know. I'm like, was I but supposed my, to? Tip? My I whole know. point about and, 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 this up is that. By, by the way, because I, I I brought this up, not 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 you. I know. Okay. Yes. So, go ahead. Okay. So just 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 clarify. Okay. Yes. Right? This is, is your that. Topic. Yes, that people are so fucking miserably cheap. Okay, and just obnoxious. Oh, I don't wanna. I, they're making me feel bad for saying, listen, if you don't want to fucking tip and say no, or you're making a fucking, you, no, you know, you know, why, why are they making employees behind the counter miserable because the stupid computer prompted them? Hey, can yeah, you tip they, they, two, five, ten? They definitely, you know, nothing. they definitely should not do that. But I, I, on the other hand, am 100% of the opinion that tipping should just go away. Just pay them more and increase the price. I I think you're missing the point of like well there 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 are okay look there you jobs jobs there are always jobs that wait 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 wait. jobs that have a lower minimum wage that they are supposed to be making part of the the the, the, that supposedly the tips are part of the salary I do agree should go away okay (laughs) okay They, they they shouldn't be they shouldn't be forced to earn their money through through tips okay all right i think the tips should be over and above like okay? can, i i don't object to giving somebody extra if they do an amazing job but a tip should not be part of what is expected of a routine transaction correct i i, I think that it, it, that that is i i agree with you in that i i don't i think that this thing where they allow certain employers to pay below you know minimum wage in order to because they're oh, well they're going to make all this money in tips and so therefore that makes it up is is complete bullshit i i think it's a racket you know pay them what the fuck you know the wage is supposed to be and yeah you know if there are there are tips then there are tips you know and those come in you know but they're not they're not that's it you know but i i don't yeah i i really think that 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 is a scam sorry that's a scam when they do that um yeah, it should, that not, it should not be like there's like there's 
unsaid expectations of like what a normal tip should be. And you always need to tip. And if you don't tip, you're an asshole and blah, blah, blah. No, the, the salary or salaries, the wages slash salaries slash whatever should be high enough that you don't need the tip to survive and you have a good job. But if somebody is exceptional and, and you say, you know, they were really great. I'm going to give them an extra blah. That's right. fine. Yes. You should always right. have a way to do that. Um, now, of course, there's also, it used to be that part of the things with tips was also, even though technically speaking, you're supposed to report it and all that kind of stuff, a lot of things that were cash went unreported in terms of taxes. Whereas now that it's all digital, it's a lot harder to avoid that. Well, well, that is why, you know, you, you say, well, I give it tipping cash or whatever. Listen, I, I, I go to certain places and I will, I, I don't have cash all the time, but I do have cash a lot of the time on me. And, um, look, I, I mean, I go and I, I, I get, get somebody something and I will pay with my credit card, but I will give them their tip in cash. And those guys are thrilled to pieces. They are oh gee, thank you. They yeah. are super they, they they prefer that than you know putting it on the you know writing it down. Well, yeah. Like I'll buy a lot. Well, because they're gonna cheat on their taxes, but yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I I I think we're in violent agreement here. Um but yeah, you, you, you now, and you now know how you're, and all these people bitching about the fucking tip and get the fuck over it. People go, oh my God. Yeah. No, I are, complaining you guys about are it. Such cheap. fucking cheap. And, and, and well, look, you know, some people, uh, the, the, the $2, well, but also some, for some people, the $2 or nah, whatever is nah. a lot of money. No, it could, no, 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 no. There are people that that could be the, the donors. The people that are, that I know are bitching are not cheap are not, are not, are, are not, they are not hurting for they're money. Just cheap. Yeah. They're just cheap. <laughs> like i saw a guy tonight you know at the i, I went night we went out to dinner i saw this guy at a valet and had a very nice you know uh you know lincoln okay this bastard come, comes up and get a you know, fucking fucking valet it's kind of a little bit raining whatever gets his fucking car didn't tip the guy one buck nothing not even a dollar mm. i was just like what a cheap bastard well see you know these and guys that- are running around getting fucking cars with this damn brain in order for you not to have to schlep to the parking lot where the hell you are and you're like eh, not even a buck well and that's exactly the kind of scenario that would screw me over actually because i kind of know that a tip is expected in that scenario but i a i'm in it very very rarely and b i never ever ever carry cash so like I think they understand from certain people uh, cash, but this guy was but, no, but, up, but I, I can guarantee you I know, that bastard had cash. But in that, but kind, that motherfucker didn't give that guy a tip. But my point is, in that kind of scenario, I would actually appreciate like a little slip or something that said, "Do I'll you want a tip?" And like fill in the information they, and go. They do. No, you know what they do? What are they? They've got. I've, I've done this with a little people. tip station or something. Uh, de- Venmo. They they they'll, they'll yeah they'll, you know get, yeah they 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 get a Venmo or something like that. They can you can hit them up on, I'd be on the okay app with like that. real quick and yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I, I've done that a couple of times. I, I've, I've, oh Venmo. Oh Venmo to tip here. Just scan a QR. Yeah. Oh okay. There you go. Boom. Done. I, I've noticed that even with like the signs that homeless people are 
holding up. And- oh, well, you have really high tech homeless people over there because I haven't seen that here. Well, because nobody has cash. What the hell else are they going to do? I mean, it's smart. Yeah. So anyway, so you got really high tech homeless people. Shit. I've never seen that here. I got to admit, <laughs> never. <laughs> I I, to, I admit, I don't see it every time, but I have definitely seen it. Uh, no, no, no. I, didn't mean ever, I mean, I've never, but no, what I'm saying, I've never seen it at all ever. Yeah. Well, again, nobody has cash anymore. So what the fuck are you going to do? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, a- anything else right. about tipping Mr. Bo? No. So is it, is it time for my movie? Yes. It's time. For I am so excited. I, I, I just closed the window where I had my notes on my movie. <laughs> A second. <laughs> uh, okay, there it is. There it is. I have found it. I I, I have found it. I also want to check one thing here. Da, da, da. Boom. Boom. Okay. So my movie this time, which I accidentally watched a second time. I it turns out <laughs> it turns out I had watched it in 2014 and had forgotten. And ended up watching it again. Don't, don't, don't you check it off on the list? I mean, well, I I do, but the thing is, I had added it to the list more than once, apparently. And oh my god! And supposedly, and see, these days I don't try to dedupe when I add to the list. I figure if I think about it enough to add it more than one times, that I you yeah. should watch it twice. That that no, well, that it should have a higher chance of coming up. But I have ah. for the most part. Well. I've only recently discovered that this is necessary because I didn't really think about it before, but of course it is. I I wasn't always good about once I watched it, making sure I removed every time it appeared, if it appeared more than once, because I wouldn't be in the mode of thinking it appeared more than once and I would remove one and I'd be happy. So anyway, this one came up again. And so I've watched it in 2014 and then nine years later, in 2023 on April 1st. Um, Which is April Fool's Day. Yes. (laughs) Very exciting. And and it was sort of one of these things where as the movie was going on and I was watching with Alex, I I predicted a few things. Like, I I think this is going to happen. And then it did. And I'm like all thinking I'm all clever. When in fact, I'd seen the fucking movie before. I just didn't remember that I'd seen the movie, but nevertheless, as things were happening, I was predicting what was going to happen next. Like, haha, look, it's so obvious what the plot is going to be. This is going to happen. You're a genius. You're psychic. (laughs) Where in fact. Predictive powers. Yes. Where in fact, I had just seen the stupid movie before. Well, yeah, well. Anyway, the movie was from 1946. The Stranger, uh, which uh, stars Orson Welles and a few other people. I have watched this. You have watched this. I believe, yes, a long, long time ago. Back in 1946 when it came out, I assume. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, Anyway. That's right after my my first wife. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, the basic plot of this is there is a Nazi war criminal. Uh, there are two two Nazi war criminals. I'll tell you the beginning of the story, sort of. 
Uh, there is one that is known to be at large somewhere. He escaped and they never caught him. Uh, and so they took one of his associates who was in jail somewhere in Europe and they intentionally let that guy escape thinking that he would lead them to the one that was at large. Um, and, uh, the guy was, uh, the, the one they were searching for, um, was, uh, you know, was hiding out in a small Connecticut town. Um, you, you know, and this follows the, um, the Nazi hunter who tries to track him down through all this. Um, that, that's the basic plot of it. And then, you know, things happen in the small down as, as tension increases and they figure out what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And, um, I liked it. I thought it was a really good movie. Um, I did predict the ending, like I said, but apparently that was only because I'd seen it before. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's, it, it's stylized. It's, um, it, it's it's film noir, as they say. It's um, uh, it was a thriller. It's got some suspense elements, etc. Um, uh, but I I really enjoyed it. I, I, I thumbs up. There you that go. I don't remember. You know wh- what? You know the movie itself, but I I do remember a title. I'm pretty sure I watched it, and I did remember that I liked it. So. I think so. There you go. Has it been remade? It might have been remade since then. Um, let's see. Orson Welles, great actor, big actor. Yeah, or, or yeah, and it, this was a, a young Orson Welles too. Still, like you know, uh, th- he had, of course, a very very long career uh, that lasted. Well, apparently, there is a The Stranger 2022, but I don't know if it's the if the it's remake. a remake of it. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, it it did win. It it did get nominated for some awards uh, at the time. It had an Oscar nomination. It didn't win. I find it interesting. It um, it's actually in the public domain. Its copyright was not renewed, and so boom. Um, But uh, yeah, thumbs up. This is a a, a old classic movie. It, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm repeating myself. Do you want to know anything? You want to like quiz me about it or anything? Quiz you? Like what, what the hell? Am I it has a 97 percent rating at Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, that's pretty high, right? It is. Yeah. So, um, Variety at the time when it came out called the film a socko melodrama, spinning an intriguing web of thrills and chills. Director Orson Welles, he directed it too, apparently, gives the production a fast, suspenseful development, drawing every advantage from the hard-hitting script from the Victor Trivis story. A uniformly excellent cast gives reality to events that trans to events that transpire. The three stars, Robinson, Young, and Wells, turn in some of their best work, the actress being particularly yeah, effective you know, as the Sacco is not a word that we use very regularly. I mean, say that word again. A Sacco. A, a Sacco melodrama. Spell it? S-O-C-K-O. That is not a word that we use. What the hell does it even mean? I I thought first, I mean, you know, like what? They say it sucks? <laughs> uh, but but I guess it's a positive word. It's the Sacco. Uh, 
I'm yeah. looking this up at MiriamWebster.com. Okay, wow. Strikingly impressive. Effective, Effective or, or successful. successful. Yes. That's a good word to have in the back pocket. Strikingly impressive, like, effective, or successful. Outstanding. That's what, that's what that's what hell of a world to keep in the back pocket to really throw somebody for a loop. Yeah. Wow, that was Sako. They're like, what? The the first known use of the word was in 1938. And uh the the review of the stranger, I guess, was from 1946. So there yep. we go. Oh, so Sako. Sako. Our yep. show is Sako. Sako. Yeah, totally. Totally Sako. Totally Sako. And with that, I think we should take a break. <laughs> yes. Okay, we'll be back after this um to talk um Russia. Right? Russia? Russia next? Russia? Russia, Russia? Russia. Russia. <laughs> here, here, here we go. I am having problems hitting the button. Hit the button! Button. Alex and the Web.com. Bang Alex and Dad. Gaming videos and more from Alex. Elementary school by day. YouTube by night. AlexMZilla.com. AlexMZilla is. A-L-E-X-M-X-E-L-A and dot com is period and then C-O-M. Okay, there we go. Wow. I know. I know. Very, very, very. Wow. Very exciting. Okay, so at the time that we recorded last week, I'm trying to remember exactly when it was, but uh, General, what's his name? Who we can't pronounce correctly. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Prigozhin. He's not a general. Prigozhin. He's not a ge- and he wasn't a general. Uh, yeah, I guess not officially, right? Even though he ran no. something, he never, yeah. never, never no. decided to be a general. Yeah, he wasn't in the military, no. Yeah. I, I, I wondered, like, yeah, he was a chef. But like you know, he could decide to call himself a general anyway because he I, was general. Yes, I, I guess. Let me see, I mean, yeah, yeah, Yevgeny oh. Prigozhin, v- Yevgeny Viktorovich Prigozhin. <laughs> uh, I, I don't see him anyway. He, I mean, Putin's chef. I don't see anywhere here anybody's calling him a general. No, no, no one, no one has. But he was general. Let's call him. Let's call him a general. What the hell? He's our. He's the general. He's our guy. He's our guy. Really? (laughs) I don't think he's our guy. He's not our guy. (laughs) Anyway, he had um, at the time we recorded, he had said that he was uh, unhappy. He had taken his troops out of Ukraine, had taken over one city in Russia already and was marching on Moscow and going pretty quick and not getting a bunch of resistance. Uh, Shortly after we recorded, like another 12 hours later, um, he had gotten to within, what, like 150 miles of Moscow or something like that? Yeah, he was getting close. He made it most of the way there from where he started. Um, and they were all freaking out. And the, yes, there was, 
everybody was freaking out all over the place. And then suddenly there was an announcement <laughs> that ah, ah, we're turning around and going home. We're turning around. And there was a deal apparently where he would go to Be- Belarus um, and the troops that were part of the rebellion would get amnesty and not be charged for it. And the troops that uh, in, in the Wagner group, in the Wagner, Wagner, in the Wagner group who were not part of the rebellion would be absorbed into the Russian military officially. And that was what was known of the deal. And there's been lots and lots of speculation since then about like, what the fuck? You know, was that really the whole deal? How did this deal come about? Is this going to hold? Does does Putin mean it? Does Prigozhin mean it? Like, what's going on here? But he he just turned around and left. And meanwhile, there's been lots of talk as well about just how weakened Putin was because of this, because he went on TV and was like, we're going to crush them. And then a few hours later, it was like, okay, we made a deal. Yep. We got a deal. So did I miss anything big, Yvonne? That's the I, I don't quick think summary. So. Um, I don't think so. So what do we think? Well, I, I, you know, reading through more of what had been going on in recent times, and, and Prigozhin had been very publicly critical of specifically the leadership in the Russian military for quite some time. And he had been very strident about it. And he had, for the most part, avoided criticizing Putin himself. To this day, even after everything we're talking about, Prigozhin over and over is saying, I had no beef with Putin. My beef right. was the people at the department, whatever they call their department, of the Ministry of Defense. Right. Because I felt they were treating us badly in the war. Uh, they weren't supporting us properly. There were some issues about them getting paid. There was apparently an effort that was being done to bring them under the umbrella. There were all kinds of things he didn't like, but he's made it clear over and over and over again, at least in his public statements, that it's the Ministry of Defense that he has a problem with, not Putin. Right. And, and, but one of the things that was happening during that time period and that Putin backed was that he had been pushing that by basically today, all uh, mercenary groups had to sign formal contracts. Mm hmm. Directly with the Ministry of Defense. Yep. Um, and that they basically would be calling the shots on what's going on under those contracts. Yeah, that this was a key on. part of the conflict here for him. And, and, and Prigozhin was like, fuck this. I don't want to do this. They've been screwing up everything. Why the hell am I signing a contract um, with them? And I think that that is the main source of this entire beef, which was a power struggle between him conducting military activities, not under the Ministry of Defense, um, and those guys wanting to get control of what the hell he was doing. 
and it was a turf war. Yeah. It was out and out a turf war and it was a money war out of get paid and funding, you know, some of the people that uh, politically wanted to edge him out had been auditing his payments and contracts because he had all these contracts also aside from the military contracts, but to provide food for the military and other things and so forth. Um, there was, you know, this guy made a lot, a lot of money on these kind of contracts. And I think he felt that his influence and his money was, uh, you know, being edged aside by, by these guys in the ministry and defense. And I, and I think that, it may well be that this whole thing, it, it, I don't think that he may have been totally bullshitting on this is not against Putin. This is this was just his way of trying to score points on his turf war. But I don't think that the guy maybe really visualized that what he was doing was effectively... Uh, destabilizing Putin's regime at the same time. Even if he just thought it's a fucking turf war with the Ministry of Defense. Well, maybe, but also, like, as as this thing escalated, he started doing the talking about, like, the reasons for going in into the war were a lie. It, yeah, the were a lie. oligarchs yep, yep. were, like... This is all to make the oligarchs money. This is not yep. like blah, blah, blah. These are things that he did not necessarily use Putin's name directly, but, but it was, yeah, but he was, he was jabbing him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yes. I mean, and, and, and so Putin's position now, I mean, the way, the way it looks as of now is that Putin looked incredibly weak through this thing. It, oh my god it yeah. it exposed like i mean bottom line an armed convoy drove hundreds of miles from the border of russia towards moscow unopposed or barely and nobody was, nobody barely. was able to stop them and oh by the way here's another thing uh the uh population was completely apathetic about it yes they were like oh they're gonna topple putin Oh well. Yeah. Um and there were there was talk that like one of the reasons he may have stopped was that he was expecting more people to join him that didn't which shows again the apathy as the primary yeah. it it's not that people were joining Prigozhin in in hordes uh either from the army or civilians um, it's not that they were r- rabidly defending Putin either. Right. It was just almost everybody was like, oh, we'll watch how this plays out. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Like, interesting. I mean, <laughs> basically, yes. And And simply the fact that they weren't, Putin wasn't able to mount uh, an active defense that worked just right there without anything else looks weak. And then he turns around and says, Oh, never mind. We made a deal. We never made a deal. We're not going to prosecute you. Go to Belarus. Okay. And he went to Belarus on his own private jet, by the way. And 
and, and there are reports that 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 private jet subsequently left for St. Petersburg, but there's no reports on whether or not he's th- there. Who or not. was on he, board? Right. He was confirmed. That, you know, he was in that city in the, in southern Russia, and then he was confirmed in the capital uh, of Rostov Belarus. Rostov on Don. Right. And then he was confirmed in the in the capital of Belarus, and then he hasn't been seen again since. So we don't know where he is today. Could be dead for all we know. Fell out of a window. Wow. They're, the the Russian those damn windows are dangerous. I know they Russia. they just don't know how to build a window. Apparently, no, 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 no. Um, but no. Uh, it, 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 he he has released statements, including videos and stuff. So we don't think he's dead as of right now, but there's the whole question of how can Putin possibly actually let him live in this scenario? Like, you know, and, uh, at meanwhile, like everybody's got to be circling Putin, like, Oh, he's a lot weaker than we thought. Maybe there's an opportunity here. Yeah. That um, was my first thought. I mean, this, I mean, I, I, I mean, the weakness displayed, um, by Putin right now in terms of his inability to do any do really anything to stop it. I, I I mean, and and his inability to do anything to stop it is is rooted in large part in the fact that he has taken the bulk of his military force. And drag them into a fucking war that is over a year old now. Where they've been getting torn to shreds. So Right. So at this point, we're talking about what's left of it. Right. <laughs> you know, not even like the fact that he's got, it's not that he's got some strong force that's somewhere else. It's, exactly. They've been ripped to shreds. And, yep. and they have been having to work to replenish it. I mean, part of the thing was part of the reason the Wagner group was there in the first place was in order to supplement what the official Russian army could do, but they, right. they've been, they've been having to pull in more recruits and, you know, the, quote unquote recruits. They're, they're drafting people. They're pulling people in. They're taking, you know, and uh, with a disproportionate part from ethnic minorities and all, all this kind of stuff. The, 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 the Russian, the the Russian army has been exposed to itself be very weak and right. unable to execute. I mean, there are so many, you know, looking back over the last year and a half almost that we've been talking about this, we, we've had numbers of conversations here on this show about how they just fell apart they weren't executing the communication structure wasn't there they're you know having to re- resort to like yeah they're talking on cell phones because the official radios don't work the equipment breaks down all the time they haven't been able to resupply them they've been stealing stuff from local stores because because they couldn't get them food you know all this kind of crap and um and so that's that's sort of wide out there i should say the rest of the world that's been all over the place. I think that has been less known within Russia itself because of how well communications have been handled. But as time goes on and more and more of the people who have been at the front report back to their families and friends, what was going on, that kind of stuff was spreading anyway. And then this guy comes in 
And he is very actively making statements about how badly the war is going and how they're and all of the problems and accusing them of going in under false pretenses and all this kind of stuff. And his statements are elevated in stature by Putin responding to the situation. So you got to think that right now, a lot more people have heard that story than had a month ago. Oh God. Yes, totally. I mean, they have to no doubt about it. So now there, there've been a number of people talking about like, well, instability in Russia has to be good, right? Like, cause Putin's bad. And the thing is uh, uh, not, not exactly. I mean, it's very scary. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I mean, let's start with like, even if Prigozhin had succeeded, right. And, and when uh-huh. he says he wasn't after Putin, but let's say whatever happened and he ended up taking over Russia. It's not like this is a good guy. Like for everything, from everything we've heard, he's probably worse than Putin. Listen, anything that you want happening in Russia, that is the departure of Putin. I would hope and pray that it's some kind of orderly transition of some kind. Because of the nuclear weapons in their possession. Plain and simple. Um. I mean, anything other than that is a very scary mm-hmm. thing. Uh, you know, I, 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 it's just, you know, look, if something were to happen, let's say that is not in an orderly fashion, I mean, I don't know. What would be the scenario that would be uh, one that would limit risk? That, that I would think um, say that the military went and took him out, for example, itself. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Because they, you know, if they're doing it and they're, but it's, it, it it's a very, the fact that Putin has created this one man, strong man rule. It really makes it that all these scenarios where he, he loses control are also very scary to me. It, so I, I don't see any scenario that isn't. I mean, and I'm wondering what, what the hell are we prepared to do if something like that happens? Now I know that we have had a lot of, I mean, well, very clearly th- those papers that were leaked by that idiot. Um, what's his name? Uh, the airman that uh, that that uh, that that we arrested in the U.S. that you know spilled uh, all these secrets about us, whatever his fucking name Teixeira. Okay, yeah, yeah him. Okay. Um, one of the things that was very obvious is that we have a lot of intelligence assets inside there that are that are telling us what the fuck is going on. So so we have a very good picture of what the fuck is going on there. Okay. Um. I would hope that with those assets that in case some something unstable like that, that we would be prepared to make sure that actions are taken that prevent anything from happening that that, you know, creates that instability. But that's something that is a scenario that it's scary that we have to be prepared for. 
Um, and and I, I don't see how it's not frightening. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, yes, I hear the people who are like, oh, Russia's distracting this. Maybe it'll be good for Ukraine. Maybe it'll be good for Ukraine in the short term. But in general, absolutely, you do not want instability in a country like Russia. You know, and absolutely the nuclear weapons are a good, uh, are a big part of that. But mm. even if you took them out of the equation, yeah, you're talking to a huge country. You, you don't want it descending into chaos, you yeah. know? And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. You want something orderly, or at least if it's not orderly, you want it to be quickly resolved. Yes. Put it that way. Yes. Um, You don't want to get into a situation where there's an extended length of time where there's uncertainty, violence, conflict, all that kind of stuff. Like you, you don't want an actual Russian civil war, you know, no, this would not be good for anybody. Um, uh, Now, on Ukraine specifically, could you could Ukraine take some advantage of this uncertainty to make some progress in their counteroffensive short term? I think that's happening already. It's, Look, it's it's happening some so so far. Like the amount of actual territory reclaimed by the Ukrainians isn't is not. They, they've been making slow but steady progress, but it has been slow progress. The question is, will any of this cause it to accelerate? Do you have the places that are currently occupied by official Russian I think military? that eventually it does. Because I, I, one of the things about these kinds of um, military engagements is that you have slow progress, and then and at then some it goes point... Fast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a breakthrough happens that then you know, makes it go a lot well, faster. I, th- I think the question immediately right now is, do you have a scenario where the Russian military gets demoralized and just starts retreating? Because, that, I, I mean, I mean, you I already had yeah. you already had the Wagner group get out. I mean, they were holding and based on almost all information that we've got. We had. They were basically the ones that had been the most effective. Yes. I mean, and brutal and war crimes left and right. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> the most effective. I mean, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, effective in, 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 in the sense of not, not in a positive light in terms of for humanity. But what I'm saying is in terms in of. In terms of actually Putin's, getting territory it, and holding it. And for, Putin, kind of for, you know, uh, achieving Putin's goals. Yes. Um. So we'll see. Uh, the other possibility people are worried about is like Putin deciding he has to like prove that he's reprove his manhood or something by doing something extraordinarily aggressive in Ukraine to make up for well, he what's happening. Go happened. in and riding on a horse shirtless. He could do that. I mean, he could no. he could decide to nuke something, you know? Oh, hey, God. I, I mean, my idea was not as, you know, ah, ride horse, ride shirtless on a horse, nuke something. Same idea. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, he could blow up that nuclear power plant. 
Um, that would be something. Of course, you know, the one thing is that that move is idiotic. I mean, because the fallout, you know, goes back to Russia. Get, right. Yeah, but you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um. So, so yeah, it, it, the point is, if I have a point, um, we're, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of instability right now. We don't know where this is going to go. Uh, and that's always a dangerous situation. Now, it does seem to have calmed down quite a bit since last week, but it seems like it's not yet in a state where you feel like, oh, okay, this is how it's going to be. Cause they're just a lot of, a lot of open questions still and things that don't quite make sense. Um, I saw lots of people saying, you know, just saying like the, 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 the deal itself, like what this deal doesn't make sense for any of the parties. So what's going on? Is there something secret? Like there are people saying the whole thing was a false flag that Putin was actually behind it. And because he wanted to get rid of the people in the ministry of defense himself, and this gave an excuse to do it. But given how much it's weakened him, that seems like if that was the plan, that was stupid. Um, there are other people saying that like the reason uh, that this was turned back was that Putin got a hold of uh, Prigozhin's family and was like, you turn around right now or they're all dead. You know, I don't know. I, I think it's Possible. pure speculation, but it's plausible speculation. Yeah, sure. Um, You know, or, and now it's like, well, is, 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 why is Prigozhin still alive? If he is alive, is he going to cause more trouble? You know, it's, it's all like, mm, I don't know. It's all, there's a lot of like just weirdness and un things that aren't fully resolved yet. Like they're apparently some of the Wagner, 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 some of the Wagner Whatever group. Whatever want to call them. Yeah. They're Wagner. Um, we, we, we had a listener confirm that on Mastodon. Uh, yeah. Since last week, but, um, Thank you, Pete. Um, but uh, some of them are giving up their arms. It's unclear if all of them are. So it, there's, there's a lot of fog of war stuff still going on here. And if, if we go another few weeks and nothing else has happened, then I'll be like, okay, well, I guess that was a weird little blip, but it's over now. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if more happens in the next few weeks to a month that is just continued ramifications for the ramif continued stuff happening as a result of this that just hasn't things. fully played out yet. Things. Things. Yeah. Things. Good good things. Well, I didn't say good things. I just said things. Oh, yeah, true. Like so many of these things aren't particularly good. Right. So, yeah. Or, or maybe Prigozhin ends up uh, fleeing to the West and then gets arrested and uh, goes to trial for the Mueller charges. That would be great. I don't know. Anyway. And anything else on the crazy situation in Russia? Uh, uh, no, not at the moment. Okay. Uh, then we will take another break. And then when we come back, we will go through a bunch of SCOTUS stuff. Because they finished up their term and 
boom, 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 whole bunch of stuff. Uh, back after this. Do you want to understand what is really going on with the presidential election cycle? Then go to electiongraphs.com right away. There you'll find charts and graphs covering the nomination processes in both parties and the general election race for electoral college votes. For the delegate races, we track not just delegate totals, but also the ever-important analysis of how each candidate has to do with the remaining delegates in order to actually win. For the Electoral College, we track state-by-state poll averages to categorize which states are actually in play and which are not in order to show you the range of likely electoral results and how that changes over time. Sure, you can get some of this stuff elsewhere, but not in exactly the same way, and not for me, Sam, your prime curmudgeon. I think my election trackers are better than the rest, so come look at mine, electiongraphs.com. Okay, and uh, you're the prime curmudgeon. I'm the prime curmudgeon. So it's like, I mean, it's like a prime number. Yeah, like maybe seven. So, okay, so if you're prime, so I guess I'm you're odd. Even. Yeah, I'm, okay. No prime. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's not. It's not prime and odd. That's not the. You are. Uh, no. You are composite. I'm composite. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Okay. I'm prime, you're composite. And I'm the composite curmudgeon. You're the composite curmudgeon. Yes, there we go. Made out of carbon fiber. Anyway. There we go. Um, And so you you too will implode when you're taken to the bottom of the ocean. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, Bruce. Uh, Time for a joke like that. But anyway. Sorry. Um, Since since, uh, the election graphs thing came up, I will mention briefly that uh, last weekend on sunday i posted um 500 days left uh as a blog post on election graphs actually i put well 499 because i started it when there were 500 left but i posted it when there were 499 but anyway that's my latest update i'll give you the tldr the too long didn't read from that uh Point number one, if a Biden versus Trump election was held today, it would be a dead heat and could easily go either way. A ton of critical states are too close to call right now. Uh, Bullet two, Biden has a narrow lead if you take the polls at face value. But given that on average in the last four election cycles, the polls have tended to underestimate the Republicans, I still give Trump a slight lead on the probabilistic view. And then third, since November, the trend has been in Biden's direction, and this trend has continued in the last month. And in fact, in the weeks since I made this post, it's continued even more. Uh, We're we're right on the verge of the probabilistic stuff moving to Biden's side as well. Just need a couple more polls in the right states, and that would happen. Okay, that was it for election graphs. Uh, Now time for uh, SCOTUS. So I, I think I have the things from this week in order. Um, so first up, Yvonne, was the independent legislature theory. Um, right. So this was the idea that in terms of elections, because the Constitution says that state legislatures will determine the method of elections or something like that, it was the theory that state legislatures and only state legislatures would make those decisions. The governor wasn't involved. 
the state courts couldn't do anything, nothing, nothing, nothing. It was just the legislator, legislature. Um, and the Supreme Court said bullshit. Um, right. Which is good. Uh, and it was like seven to two, I believe. Yep. Um, because if this had been the case, then the state legislatures could do all kinds of mischief with no recourse in the courts at all. Um, so this apply, you know, this applies not just to like what you're doing with the electoral college. It, it also has to do with redistricting. It also has to do with um, what the rules are for when you can vote by mail, uh, where voting places are going to be basically anything at all to do with federal elections. Uh, it would mean that the legislature could do whatever it wanted and there'd be no mechanism to question that whatsoever. And uh, the court said, nope, you can still like go to court over these things and the state courts have jurisdiction and, and the federal courts do too in, uh, in certain circumstances. Um, and so this is one of the ones where again, like this has been a conservative project since 2000. Uh, they've been talking about this independent legislature theory. And in the time since 2020, uh, even more so, because this was, this was like one of the key bits that was the whole theory with the fake electors and everything else right. led up to January 6th was that if the state legislature decided there was there were shenanigans going on they could just retroactively after the fact say you know there were strange things going on forget the election results we're just going to declare these to be the electors and this theory would say if they did that nobody could challenge them uh and so the supreme court said no anything else to say about that one I, 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 um I do think that, um, I mean, aside from just this decision, they had sent two state um, congressional that, maps. That was my next bullet point after the. Uh, okay. All right. I thought, okay, because I thought that it hadn't earlier. So I'm sorry. I didn't realize. So one of them had happened before. The other one happened after. I had okay. Been. Okay. That's why I was like, I wasn't sure if we, we. I didn't want to separate the two states. They did two states and they came in in separate days, but the result was the same. But anyway. So, well, but, 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 so, so staying on this right now, I, I just think that uh, I, I, I was. You know, this is a good ruling in terms of maintaining the integrity of our elections uh, at this point. That's mm -hmm. what I thought. Um, and, you know, we've been so we've seen so many crazy cases filed um, and um, what the hell that damn jurisdiction in Texas that they like to file them. Oh yeah. The one where, where they have the crazy judge and they're, they're yeah, and, yeah. And basically they, 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 they slap those down hard. Um, and, and so I, I thought that that was a good thing. Yeah. No, I, I think it's unquestioned. This was the right answer. If it had gone the other way, we would have been in deep shit. Um, yeah. the, 
Now, I do want to make a distinction. This is very much saying, like, if the legislature does something, it has to be reviewable by the courts. Uh, It doesn't necessarily say what conclusion the courts would come to in those various scenarios. It just says it's not just the legislature. You can't have this sort of unreviewable but, but that's why that's why i had started bringing the next part well l- l- let me say one on more thing list. about that it is important because like people i heard a lot of people saying this kills a whole bunch of ways you could screw with the electoral college and it does but it doesn't eliminate all of them like just right. to be clear like the way that electors are chosen is still up to the states um and it's only, you know, a hundred years ago, not every elector in the country was picked by popular vote of the state. Like it wasn't the winner take all thing that we have everywhere. Like even now, Maine and Nebraska do something different. They do it by congressional district. But like there were states where you actually elected the elector, like the names of the electors would show up on the ballot. The elector and then and, and and not and they wouldn't have to commit to a particular candidate before you voted for him either. Like it would just be like you were voting for Bob Smith for elector because you trust Bob Smith will make a decision that you like. You know, I like Bob Smith. Um, I mean, Bob I, Smith sounds like a good elector. You know, I've said many times that you know I would, I would, I wouldn't mind a situation where electors were choice chosen by lottery. Instead of as the result of an elector uh, election, that would be interesting. It would maybe more representative than doing it as an uh, as an election. But the point is, they could do that kind of stuff, and it's it's clear that that would be challengeable in court, but not necessarily that it would be unconstitutional. So, for instance, the state legislature could say, you know, you you can have that election at the beginning of November. But we are going to declare by law that we are actually going to choose the electors another way. The governor picks them, say, or we're going to actually name them legislatively or any of the other crazy things I just mentioned, you know, and that would still be a possibility. Um, So, you know, it's but all of those things, you still have to get like you you, people. People would not react positively to them these days, I don't think, even in the reddest states. Uh, But you never know. You never know. Um, But there is crazy stuff that could happen. But the independent legislature theory being shot down means that if crazy stuff happens, it can be challenged in court. Whereas if this had won, if crazy stuff happened, you're done. So, okay, now redistricting. Now redistrict. So they, well, I, what two states was it that it's just, you said you took, it was North Carolina and what was the other one? Was it North Carolina? It, they, I yeah. thought they were both Gulf Coast states. Oh God. Now you're going to make look me look this up. You, I was going to ignore the name uh, of the states and just, uh, now we have uh, to find out. I think one of them was one of them, Louisiana. All right. So let's see which I'm one. Looking at, Okay, Louisiana is one of them. Okay. Um, and that one was more recent. Uh, earlier this month, Alabama. It was Alabama and Louisiana. It was Alabama and Louisiana? Okay. Yes. All right. Alabama and Louisiana. Okay. I don't know. 
Wait, Supreme Court rejects GOP in North Carolina case that could have reshaped elections beyond the state. Oh no, that book, right. The, North Carolina was the one with the with the 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 thing we just talked the, about. The independent the, legislature. The that legislature. was North Carolina. Right, 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 right. That was North Carolina. Okay. okay. All right. See, this is why you come to us on Curmudgeon's Corner, because we know our shit. We know it backwards. We know our and shit. And if we don't, we'll Google it. That there you go. Okay. Louisiana and Alabama, go. <laughs> what did it I felt like we just started like a dog race or something. <laughs> go, Louisiana, go. Okay, go. Well, I mean, the 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 main thing that I that I took away from this is, you know, we've had these cases where legislatures have done certain. Uh, extreme gerrymanderings where they have eliminated certain districts okay for minorities and you know uh it 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 created certain situations where in recent times of the elections where the i mean when the balance of the house was so narrow Mm -hmm. right that fuck i mean if if these had been decided earlier that you have to go back and fix this that they couldn't just do what they did um may have been close to tipping the balance of a fucking election um well here here's one thing and and that and, and i guess they and I, and I think just the, the important thing is that um uh, going back to that damn independent state legislature bullshit thing i mean there are many uh extreme gerrymanders especially republican states where they were emboldened they thinking that they could get away with anything that they did mm-hmm. and i think it was just important to have that pushback where this was a conservative court that went back to two uh gop states and said you know what no assholes go back and fix this shit right so i, I thought so, that to me that was like you know. now here's the thing that's also important about this this came up before the election yeah both of these two states and it was basically punted saying we're not going to allow any action right now because the lower courts had already said this is bullshit you have to redistrict and then it had been appealed to the supreme court and scotus uh could have tried to decide it on an accelerated basis to take effect before the election they did not it got punted to after the election. Um, and if you look back at this now, these are this is two House seats that almost surely would be Democratic seats. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this really add on top of the this, balance. Add on top of this. Uh what what what's his name? The the guy in Connecticut. Fraud guy. Santos. Oh, uh, Santos. I had on top of this Santos. New York. If the Democrats had. New York. New New York. Yeah, he was on Long Island. Long Island. Um, If the Democrats had been paying fucking attention in New York and and gotten the Santos seat, that's three. If they had put just a tad more resources against Boebert, who they thought they had no shot against, but ended up losing by like. A handful of votes. votes. Yeah, not even. Yeah. That's four right there. 
If you find a fifth anywhere in the country, the Democrats would have kept the House. Well, hell, New York State, there were a number of I know there were, were there lost. Were, there were not a, just the Santos one. I know, I know. And you've pointed out some in Florida, and there are and a couple others that too. were close in California. Um, if so these two seats, I, I, and it was one of the, it was one of the Trump appointed judges, I believe who, well, I don't know. I I won't say that. Anyway, if they had decided this pre-election, it would have made a fucking difference. (laughs) You know, can you imagine like, you know how hard it was for McCarthy with a four vote margin. Imagine he'd only had a two vote margin. We'd still be taking votes on the House election. I'm still shocked that he's still speaker. Yeah, I know. He survived. He's, he's, uh, yeah. Um, But um, anyway, uh, so this is, you know, (laughs) this, this will help the Democrats next time around. But I think the principle of it is more important than these two specific seats for the Democrats. Cause obviously like, and, and these were like not close SCOTUS decisions either. Um, they basically said, you're going too far. This is clearly motivated to disenfranchise black voters. You need to fix it. This has implications to other redistricting stuff elsewhere. I think these, you know, most of the redistricting is done, right? Like we do it once every 10 years. Uh, So, uh, and it'll be a whole different world by the time we get to 2030. Um, But this undoes a little bit of the stuff for, and it takes effect, you know, by by the time we have the 2024 elections. So there you go. Okay, next up. Oh, should I ask you if you have anything more to say? Because I've been really annoying and asking that over and over again on all kinds of things before moving on. So, uh, no, not really. I got I got to break myself of that habit and just like, you know, you, you'll you'll jump in if you haven't said everything you want to say. I'm sure. I mean, but it's a good way of making sure that we, you yeah, know, yeah. We, you know, we beat a horse to death. But it's not like it's not like you're exactly shy. When you have something to say. Not exactly, no. I, You know, I was having a discussion with this about my wife that she was, like, not understanding. You know, how the hell do I do that? And it's like, what do you mean? Well, you know, I go and I try to, you know, tell somebody, hey, you know, like, it was a situation with her family. And it's like, she's seen how I deal with situations in my family. And uh, she's like, I can't do that. I'm like, what do you mean? Look, you, you mean you mean just happen. just bl- bluntly come out and say whatever the fuck it is? Is that what yes. you're talking about? Yeah. I, I mean, and but but you know, it's that I assertively will go and it's like, no, that's fucking wrong. Shut the fuck up. We're not doing that shit. Where, let's be fair. Most people are intimidated about doing that and wind up going with the flow. Even in very stupid situations. No, I, 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 I think the, yeah, I, 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 I will go and you'll just dive right in. You'll be like, fuck you all. Like, here's how it's going to well, be. And, well, you know, you're yeah, full of I shit, mean, you know? Well, look, let, let's say for example, we're dealing with something related to, um, uh, 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 uh 
you know, sometimes, sometimes difficult things happen in families. Okay. Yeah. Say you've got, say you got somebody that's dealing with like drug addiction or something or whatever. Right. Um, or, or other situations like that. Um, you know, you know, like I had a brother who was doing just stupid shit with the family business and you know what? Look, I was like, look, he needs to be fired. No, yes, he's, he's getting fired and, 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 you know, I, I, I went and I fired him. Mm-hmm. Okay. It needed to be done. Okay. And I think that a lot of people, it, and look, we're in good terms now. Okay. But sometimes to solve certain problems, certain actions need to be taken quickly and aggressively and letting them fester doesn't make them better. Okay. And people don't like doing that. So, yes. And so, me, if I'm going to go and say something about the subject, I'll fucking go in and say something about the subject. Yes, I'm not I don't have to let it lie. So, I don't have to ask you, are you done? I can try to move on. And if you're not ready to move on, you're going to like, like say, hey, what the fuck's your problem? Exactly. So, like, right. Anyway. Okay. So, next up is affirmative action. Mm. So, and specifically affirmative action in admissions at colleges. Um, and basically the Supreme court came out and said, uh, that cannot be an explicit consideration. You cannot ask that question on the applications. You cannot explicitly make it part of your decision-making process. Uh, there was a caveat that, uh, that basically said, look, if somebody wants to include it on their essay, on their application essay and talk about how race has affected them and blah, blah, blah. That's potentially fine, but like you can't have a program built around it. Um, And this has been one of the things that John Roberts has sort of been, this has been one of his pet issues and he's been chipping away on affirmative action since he started on the court way back when, and probably when he was in lower courts too, I'm not sure. But, uh, and this sort of, puts the nail in the coffin of how affirmative action has been done for the last couple of decades at most major schools. Uh, California did something similar to this in terms of getting rid of this years ago, years ago. And the effect was indeed a drop in minority admissions. Um, so we can probably expect that nationwide. Um, the argument made was that basically the 14th percent, Amendment to the Constitution provides equal protection under the law. And so, therefore, you can't include this, period. You you can't include race-based anything anywhere, not taking into account at all the distinction between sort of taking race into account in a negative, oppressive way versus trying to right previous wrongs, the argument being that you can't be you can't not be negative. It's a zero sum game. If you help one group, you're hurting another automatically. That that that's the argument that the court made. Um, the the dissents uh, were very strong in terms of you you can't just wish away racism by saying we're going to be officially colorblind. Um, and you know there a number of people who've benefited from uh, from affirmative action have talked about it. Um, Joy Reid on MSNBC talked specifically about how she got into Harvard and she's like, I'm absolutely, I was, I got there because of affirmative action and only because of affirmative action. And it's not because I wasn't qualified. It's because 
I was a smart kid in a school district that nobody had ever heard of in suburban Colorado that was mostly black and nobody paid attention to me. The reason I got in was Harvard sent out a scout specifically looking for people like me and found me and pulled me in, you know, and that, and that's kind of, you know, there's this myth that affirmative action has been about like pulling in unqualified people. Uh, instead it's more about having more active ways to find qualified people that you wouldn't otherwise, because well, all of these schools get more qualified people than they could possibly admit. Well, let me, let me look, uh, having had, having benefited in some way from affirmative action, let me, let me mm-hmm. speak a little bit uh, uh, about this because I think one of the things is that the programs uh, in the at, at first, um, especially when you're looking back at it, college admissions uh, 30, 40 years ago, which has changed quite a bit since it, it, they've changed quite a bit because, you know, college admissions were very, uh, you know, look. Your SAT, I mean, I remember when I was going, your SAT score, your grades, your extracurricular activities, blah, 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 that, that, those things. And SAT scores are very important, especially for the very competitive schools. Uh-huh. And one of the things that happened related to SAT scores was that you know, a, a universities, and rightly so, had been, accept, you know, had, you know, uh, were using different SAT score standards for minority groups in large part in recognition that these people, they probably were creme de la creme, the smartest in their schools, but their schools were not that good. So they didn't really prepare them that well in order to get as good a scores as other people. And so therefore you have to, you know, balance that out in some way. Okay. Um, and so that, that was a big part of it. And that's what they said. Well, they're letting in on, so un- underqualified students and it, it, that, 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 that was a, a bullshit thing. I mean, I, I, I didn't benefit as much in that respect because my scores were good. Okay. Um, but I know it made it easier to get admitted because let's be clear. I mean, I was the only fucking Hispanic in our freshman class. <laughs> okay? That's it. Me. A thousand students. There there were some people that were uh people from other countries, like there was I, I remember like from South America a couple countries or something, but US citizens, you know, Hispanic, one guy. Mm. In our class of 1989, freshman class at Carnegie Mellon University. Okay. Um, And I I mean, look, let's be clear. Having more diversity, I I think that I probably broke some stereotypes for people that met me of what the hell they thought, uh, you know, uh, a Hispanic student was supposed to be. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, look, uh, we talked about, I mean, look, the joke, uh, it wasn't a joke, it was reality. Our friend Al, okay, from back then, uh-huh. basically, uh, the first thing, you know, she, she, Al met me and told her aunt that lived back in, uh, 
uh, Sharpsville about me. And he said, well, you better be careful with them Puerto Ricans because they all carry knives was one of the first things that, that, that she heard from about having a Puerto Rican, uh, in, uh, as a, as a schoolmate. Um, but you don't break those stereotypes unless you get more diverse classes. And, and um, one, one of the things it, the court specifically said here was diversity is not a compelling interest that would allow you to discriminate by using race as a criteria. I, I think that, uh, well, I, I think that, uh, I, I think that's bullshit, but I, but I do think that one thing that has been happening is that universities have been, because of some of the inherent issues with um, testing, and I think that mm-hmm. it, it, in my in my view, it's not that the testing is. Uh, I think a lot of people think that testing is biased or whatever. It, it, it isn't so much that it's biased. It's that. If people are not getting the same preparation for the test, it's very difficult for the test to assess how good the people are. And so you have to come up with other ways of being able to evaluate the talent that you want to bring into the university. Okay. Uh, and how to, and, and, you know, I'm sorry, but so, so that means that you have to change the criteria of, of admissions in order to get a, a better sample of the kind of people that you're that 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 need to be at school, mm-hmm. and so I think that universities need to get creative about that. Um, and what it means is, uh, uh, okay, so they said, uh, you know, there could be fairness in admissions that you know that reflects that, and it's not discriminatory. Um. Or it's not like, you know, it's not a race quota, okay? It's exactly what you just mentioned, for yeah, example. Yeah, I mean, um, there there haven't been quotas go, in, many, in many, many years now. That that was that right. was eviscerated by the courts earlier. No, 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 I know, but, I know, but that, that was like, that, those are the old methods, is yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. What, what, what I'm saying is that it doesn't have to be those older methods. It, it could be by, you know, just exactly how you mentioned this, right? Uh, uh, who was it that, that you said gave the example that the reason I didn't want to go to Harvard was because Harvard went out recruiting to those students. Yeah. That in was those joy places to come up. Joy read. And, and I think that that's one of the important things. Uh, you know, look, I, I mean, Carnegie Mellon now, for example, has a far more diverse student body. And one of the things that I know that they were doing was actually going out and actively doing what you just mentioned. Back then, when I went to uh, uh, there, they didn't do that. I knew about the school because I, you know, I researched stuff and I visited the schools that I knew. You know, I, I, I was, I had access to more resources to be to know what was out there. Okay, more than most, and so that's how I was able to, 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 to do that. Uh, to do that. Um, but most people didn't. Now, it. it I, I, I'm going to say, it, it, you know, one of the things that that was good about me going was that many other, you know, I was the first from my high school to go to Carnegie Mellon, but I know that many other students followed in my footsteps after mm-hmm. that. Uh, because people, oh, 
oh, so we do have people went to that school. And so others went. And so I, and that's how you break those barriers. And that's how you make, um, you know, a more rounded student body. Um, you know, Florida before Governor Idiot, one of the things that they they had done in order to try to get the um, uh, diversity uh, and our in our state universities was that they were guaranteeing, hey, you're in the top 20 of your school, graduating high school. Right. You are guaranteed a spot in the University of Florida, uh, you, you know, in the Florida, in, you know, you, you know, in the Florida in the state. state of Florida's state system. You're guaranteed, you know, admission to, to school, by the way, at no cost. Okay. And I think that that's one way of breaking down a barrier because it doesn't matter if you're in the worst school district or whatever. Hey, you excel there. You get in period End the discussion. Okay. Let's not fuck around about this. Okay. And that's a way that I, I think that also helps to build that, that diversity is by, you know, understanding that, that sometimes those kids aren't as smart as kids at this other better school, not in large part because they didn't have the same level of education. Or I will flat out, even though I had very high scores in, uh, in my, in my English verbal section, the SATs, I know it was overnight. It it was in a, in a low 90th percentile, a little bit, something like that. Look, the fact that I went to Carnegie Mellon, when I took my GMATs afterwards, just those four years exposed, I went from being 92, 93%. When I took the GMATs, I was 99, I was over 99%. So it made a difference. Right. And I had the advantage of uh, of being at a good school. So, well, and, and, and the whole point of this effort, and of course, it's, it's the whole pe- reason people rebel against it is the whole affirmative action structure was it it's not meant to sort of lift like it wasn't intended to lift black people above white people or to push Asians down or whatever it was meant to it was meant to make these opportunities bridge. available like for people who like, there's a very, and specifically when you were talking about Harvard and Yale and some of these that were explicitly mentioned, uh, like this particular, one of the two universities was Harvard and I forget what the other one was, but yeah, the part Harvard was, open, yeah. but the point, these are very white, very legacy, or at least they were in the past. And they were very explicitly making efforts to sort of, Diversify. Diversify and make it so that, again, I, I really like Joy Reid's example. I've heard it replayed in a bunch of places since then. There you had a highly intelligent person who was very accomplished at their local school, but would not have been on the radar at all, would probably not even have thought of applying to Harvard. But because they were affirmatively reaching out and looking for diversity, they found her. And they pulled her in and they encouraged her and they got her in. She also mentioned in that same clip, by the way, how as soon as she got there, she was made to feel unwelcome by all kinds of people (laughs) thinking that she didn't deserve to be there. 
But like your situation, being there for four years provided a lot of value that she would not have had access to otherwise. I mean, I'm sure she would have found some other school. I I wasn't made so much uncomfortable by people, but I will say that I had a big culture shock. Mm. I I mean, it was, I mean, look, I'm the only, (laughs) I'm the only fucking, you know, Hispanic in a, in a class of people that, that is mostly Western Pennsylvanian white people. (laughs) Uh, okay. I mean, Dude, I, look, look, to be fair, I, I, I had a culture I, shock just coming from the DC suburbs to Pittsburgh. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, well, it was, you know, a thousand times worse for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I and I really struggled with it at first. Um, but the one thing is that uh I, I will say that even though I struggled with the culture shock, I didn't feel that I was unwelcome either. Right. It it was just that it was very different. Okay, and it's just you know with, between the weather and it, and and just people doing very different things. That was more the culture shock. I, I thankfully I did not feel unwelcome in any way. I will say that Pittsburgh, you know, the, in, in general, I had friends from Pittsburgh and you know lifelong friends from from Pittsburgh now, and the the people really made me feel welcome. So I didn't feel that. Thank God. Um, so so back, but, you know. The, but it's hard. It, it's yeah. hard to you know adjust to something that different. Um, so back to the Scotus case, real quick. The bottom line is they've made the way that this has been done to encourage diversity. The ways that have been done in the past are gone. Um, yep. I think that many universities will do exactly what you've said and just try to find more creative ways of recruiting, more creative ways of evaluating people, evaluating people. uh, Well, one of the things that they've been doing, getting rid of using the SAT and ACT of any university, for example. Even like what the, the, the majority opinion striking this down did have that paragraph stuck in the very end about like, well, they can talk about their experience with race if it's relevant in their essay, I'm sure that's going to be encouraged and taken into account. Um, now, we also have some right-wing people who have been out saying, we've got our team of lawyers ready. If you like try crazy shit to get around this and are still doing it, we're suing you right away. Um, and I'm sure they will, and I'm sure there'll be more lawsuits. Oh, they'll be this. suing until they fucking... But, you know, because you know, the, the bottom line is the... The objection here, like, I I know a lot of these people legitimately feel like they're getting screwed because preference is being given to marginalized minorities, Um, but that's not what's happening. And I'm sorry, it's not a zero. No, no, no. no. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. They, They truly believe that all those other groups that are not white are inferior. And don't deserve to be there. They don't deserve to be there. Forget about it. It, 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 it. That is it. It's it's not even. No, no, no. It's not. No. They listen. By virtue of what they are, they don't deserve to be there. Period. End the discussion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, the case about the web designer who didn't want to do websites for gay weddings. Oh, I thought you were going to go first with the mailman. The mailman. Oh, I forgot about the mail. That wasn't even on my list. Tell me about the mailman. We'll do that first. 
Then we'll, well the mailman it. was, and well, they're kind of both related, you know, both both religious objections. There, there was a mailman that, uh, basically, to him, his Sunday was his Sabbath, and he had religious objections to working on Sunday as a postal carrier. And the post post office was saying, no, you have to work, period. And they basically said that, um, nope, if they have a, a religious, you know, reason why they, you know, they can't be at work, that, that the employer needs to honor it. So, and so they, they put that, that, you know, an employer can't go and say, uh, well, I guess, uh, you know, uh, 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 a Jew that observes the Sabbath or whatever other religious uh, thing that you're observing, your employer needs to respect that and not force upon you a shift at, of work that goes against that. So that I, was the, I, uh, I think I have carry. just joined the religion of work from home. And, <laughs> and also by the way, my religion does not allow me to work more than two days a week. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so basically, you're saying that we should start a church. We should start a church. Yes, let's start a church. I think. Like, I, I, I you think. know, I'm sorry, I can't come in. But it's but, but I even just said in a sermon on Sunday that I need to work four days a week at home, five days a week at home. Huh. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Um. The uh this. This lends itself to all kinds of future mischief. Uh, oh, for, yeah. For the kinds of reason I said, I am sure, like, I'm not actually going to found a religion, but somebody will. I'm sure. And, and somebody will, you know, use this to their advantage and say, well, they just said, if I have religious objections, I don't have to do whatever. And that's right. They're going to apply it to uh, if, uh, the obvious analog is days of week that you don't want to be there, but they'll apply it to all kinds of other things. Oh, you want me to support uh, submit a TPS report once a week? I'm sorry. That's against my religion too. <laughs> so we need to start a religion that basically makes, makes TPS reports are, are, are sin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I, I don't. I think that church will be extremely popular in the uh, West Coast. <laughs> anyway, like, yes, th this is going to cause all kinds of problems. And, you know, I, I understand. Yeah, I, I, there's there's a, this relates, like you said, to this other case that's religious based. There are other ones that have been. uh uh, going through the courts in previous years about people dispensing birth control if it's against their religion or, you know, the, the, the cake shop, which is very close to the gay yeah. wedding one we're talking about, um, all kinds of things. Um, but fundamentally, the way I look at it is if your job, I, I mean, sorry, if your religion has problems with the potential job you want to do, maybe that's not the job for you. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, I mean, I do think that uh, you want to make certain accommodations to people. You, you certainly do. Like, like the, the I, kind I, of things I, that I are ridiculous. Like you, you, like they should not be able to keep you from wearing a religious necklace at work. 
or something. Or if you have to wear certain headgear because your religion says that's the right thing to do. Those have nothing to do with your goddamn job. And they should not be able to tell you anything about those things. Like, um, but it, it, you know, but so, for, so I'll get a religion that says that, uh, that I'm supposed to wear shirts that say, fuck you, Trump. Exactly. Can I, you know, so they can't object to that. But, but it, and it, I'm like, look, it's my religion. Look, I just came from the sermon. They said that this is, you know. Yeah. But if it's something relevant to the job, like, you know, you're you your religion objects to birth control but you want to work at a pharmacy that dispenses birth control well okay if you don't like that you can't just pick and choose the parts of the job that's part of the job well 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 i know i picked pharmacy so of course you're going to have some stuff no 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 the thing is that you you could reassign that um you could reassign the the problem was it was happening at places where the owners of the pharmacy didn't want to do that or where every one of the employees and it gets, it gets messy. Right. Um, and, and I guess, look, they're, they're, it's, you're just not providing a complete service. And so therefore you can understand. I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean that, that, that to me is ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, it's like a doctor refusing care to care Muslims. Okay. You know, or, or or shit like that. I'm like, no, you can't do that. You want to, you want to run a fucking pharmacy then you need to eat the fucking sell the fucking medication, you know? So, so, so and if you got an employee that objects to a certain part of the job, fine, you know, have them do, something else and you know accommodate it around that but you know you're damn you know you're a fucking pharmacist you need to eat the provide the fucking drugs like there there was a case that came up of the in the news just this week about like uh someone that was refusing to provide um uh like hormonal replacement therapy for trans people uh same thing um Anyway, to get to the specific case this time around, there was a um, there was a a web designer who, and this is part of the interesting thing, uh, was thinking about maybe doing wedding websites, but was worried that maybe someone would ask her to do a website about gay marriage which she didn't want to do because she felt it violated her, you know, religious values. So this wasn't even a real case. This was not, this had not actually happened. This person has never actually made wedding websites at all, let alone being asked to do one by a gay couple. So how could they have standing for this fucking... Because the, she wanted to advertise explicitly saying that she wouldn't do these kinds of things. And she thought that would violate a new state law against discrimination against LBG, LGBTQ people. And somehow they got like, you are absolutely right. Like normally in previous situations, this would have been denied on standing ground. Come back when you have an actual situation. Right. But SCOTUS didn't want to do that because they wanted to take this case. Hmm. Um, anyway, they they determined that, yes, she had the right to say, I don't want to do gay wedding websites. And I can put that on my advertising. I can put that everywhere. Um, now, to me, 
every time a case like this has come up, and this is true on the cake one too, uh, it's been a little bit unclear to me and I've never dug into it enough to understand like, are, are they saying she can tell, she can just say, I'm not, not providing service to gay people, period, or just that I don't have to make this website. Um, cause, cause to me, it makes a little bit of a difference. Um, and she actually explicitly said, she actually explicitly said in the case, the, the woman who was doing this, I'm happy to make websites for gay people. I just don't want to make a gay wedding site, you know? Um, oh my God. But Jesus. the, but the problem is she was talking about, she would make other wedding sites. Like if she wouldn't make any wedding sites at all, maybe this wouldn't come up, but she wants to make wedding web websites, but not gay wedding websites. I think she's just an asshole. I, I think you're right. Um, and, and, you know, I, I look at it as saying, like, it matters also that, um, in this case, um, your sexual orientation is a protected class in this state. Um, because like, presumably like if she was saying like you, you mentioned fuck Trump t-shirts or whatever, let's say this was a Democrat saying they don't want to make websites for Republicans. Republicans are not a protected class. So you could absolutely say, I'm not making websites for Republicans. Okay. Okay. I understand. I mean, you know, so, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, Republicans are not a protected class. So, you know, so that's, yeah. I, I, I mean, you need to be a protected class, but th 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 this thing just took, to me, it took a buzzsaw against it. Yeah. And, and I mean, generally speaking, I'm actually somewhat sympathetic to the notion of, like if I am doing a creative act, I'm doing websites, I run a print shop, I whatever, I don't want to print or I don't want to do stuff for clients that I fundamentally disagree with. Like if, if like, let's say I did like at one time in prehistory, I did do websites freelance a little bit. Oh my God. I forgot about that. It, it wasn't very long and I wasn't very good at it, but I did it. Um, but like if somebody came up wanting to do a neo-Nazi website, I want to be able to tell them no. Yeah. You know, I want to have the right to turn away jobs that I feel are fundamentally unethical or helping people I don't like. But, but neo-Nazis are not a protected group. And I can see the flip of this, but again, this is a protected class and right. you aren't saying I won't do you. You're not saying I won't do any wedding website. You're saying I'm going to pick and choose who I will do wedding websites for. And this is part mm -hmm. of it being a public business. So you sort of have to take on all comers, but I, yeah, I, I admit to this and these kinds of restrictions, I have some mixed feelings because I, I, I do feel like to some degree, you know, if, if like, I keep coming back to the, you know, do I have to make a website for a Trumper? You know, do I have to make a cake that with, uh, that do I have to make a MAGA cake? But again, they aren't protected groups of people. You can argue about what should be protected or what is not. In this case, it's protected. And so anyway, the decision here says too fucking bad. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if you are, 
in a web design business and somebody comes to you and wants a gay wedding website, you can just say no, fuck them. Mm. Okay. Last but not least, school loans. Yeah. Ah, yes. Well, so this is another fuck them all. Basically, Um, this actually started uh, with the the Trump administration and the pandemic, giving some leeway for folks during the pandemic. Uh, Obama came in, extended stuff, and then was going to forgive a whole bunch. Obama? Obama's back? Obama's back. I wish Obama was back. No, Biden. God, Obama's back. Biden. Biden. Oh, damn it. Shit. I'm like, Obama's back. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yes, Biden. Biden was forgiving a bunch of stuff. Was going to spend a whole bunch of money to uh, to wipe out a bunch of school loan debt. Um, and uh, Scoda said, "No, you you can't do that, or at least you can't do that that way." He was trying to use a specific law to do this, and basically, they said that law does not give you the authority to do that. Yeah, that that was basically it, and and he said that he's going to try to do it, but using some other some other way that takes longer, has more procedures around it. Uh, in the meantime, he's doing he's basically saying, yeah, you're going to have to start repaying as of this date, but we're not going to go after people who don't for a little while longer past that. You'll still be there'll still be interest accumulating and stuff like that, but we're. You know, so they're they're trying to figure out alternatives to work around this, and this was this was one that from the very beginning it was sort of unclear. It might have been a little bit of a reach uh, to say that this particular law let him do this, but you know they gave it a shot. Um, they failed. They'll try a different way. Um, but this is this is another case where, and and then maybe maybe this is where we pivot to political ramifications all, of all this. Last year we had the abortion ruling. It was almost exactly a year ago, a year and a week at this point, I think. Um, we have the affirmative action thing, where the you know not quite as strong support of the public as abortion, but not bad either. Um, we have. The discrimination against uh, LGBTQ plus people, which is something that is at this point, uh, overwhelming percentages think that's not okay of the American public. Um, And then you've got a thing that's essentially taking money out of the pockets of a lot of young people, a lot of college educated young people who are likely voters. and so are all of these SCOTUS decisions, like like many of the ones we've talked about, it was a mixed bag. We had the redistricting and the independent legislature, but a lot of these seem like they would have fairly strong negative effects that we disagree with. At least you and I disagree with Yvonne, but at the same time, is this yet another thing that's actually going to make it easier for Democrats to win next year? Because the Republicans are continuing, and this time it's the court Republicans, not legislative Republicans, but the Republicans in general are continuing to overreach by pushing harder and harder on things that are actually pretty unpopular. 
Look, I would like to be able to somehow uh, go through, uh, you know, uh, what was that? Uh, uh, who was that company that uh, hacked Facebook and did all that analytical information in order to target uh, ads? Uh, Cambridge Analytica, I yeah. think something like that it was called. Yes. I, I want to hire them, okay? In order to uh, scour uh, uh, Facebook and other social media to find every moron. That posted back in 2006. <laughs> oh, God. 16. That, 16. that, that, that 2016, that in the election that, you know, Trump and Hillary, they were like equivalent decisions. Okay. And I want to like. They're both awful. They're horrible. Right. We're going to stay. Right. Home right. And, and I want to grab all those fucking people. And basically, I want to send out a squad to have them basically just confess to their stupidity and sign a pledge in blood that they will never ever do something that stupid again. I, I don't know how many times I have said since the election in 2016 that I am sorry, like, especially to like, I'll just point them out the Sanders people who were Ugh. like anti Hillary and like all that crap that we heard from them like i am sorry you just gave up any hope of actual forward progress in much of this crap for the rest of your adult life maybe not quite but decades for generations yeah, a, a couple for i'm gonna say for a couple i'm gonna say a couple generations I, I i was looking at the other day i i, I don't know about a couple of generations but Cause, cause what probably you're about do 20 you, you have wait let me just finish you have you have the damage that trump is going to do during his actual term. You have the additional damage from his Supreme court justices, which as soon as already in 2016, <laughs> we knew that was going to happen. I mean, Hillary Clinton said it in a fucking debate. She was right about everything. Um, and then we're going to have this majority court for a long time, depending on who dies first. Right. And whether they die during Republican that's or why, Democratic. That's court. why I was saying, I was looking at the ages you're looking at. <laughs> you're, you're trying to I, run. The oh, yeah, 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 in, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Thomas yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 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 Basically you're talking about a 20 year period. Right yes. That's what you're looking at. Yeah. 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 And, and, and then you have to sort of ramp it back up and that assumes Democrats win. Right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, yeah, you just took a potential additional forward progress moving and went to a port where we're going to have negative results for quite a few years. And then you're going to spend a huge amount of time, decades rebuilding and getting back to where we fucking were. I, I, it, it's just that I, I what what really angers me is just how these people. You could explain it to them until you're blue in the face, and they were just so fucking blind and dumb. Because I had arguments. With even them now, you sometimes this. still hear it. You know, like what? Why isn't Biden just expanding the fucking court? You know, no, no. And like, look. We may have to expand the fucking court, but it's not like he can snap his fingers and just do it. <laughs> exactly. You, you know, you you need, you need control of the House and the Senate and a big enough majority in the Senate to either overcome a filibuster or get rid of the filibuster, you know, and even then there are 
significant potential negative downsides of doing that. Biden was talking about that on an interview just yesterday, you know, but it's like the, the whole, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like you, you fucked it up in 2016 for everybody. Yeah. For, for everybody. And, and like when we're like, we will be, working to undo the damage of 2016 for a long 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 time for i'm telling you the number is for about 50 years yeah that's what that's what it's going to be 50 years i mean if you think about it sometimes even longer like if you look at reconstruction and the backlash from reconstruction it took nearly 100 years after that to get back to where we were in terms of having black people in elected positions in the country. Uh, The damage from like a single moment in time of making the wrong choice can last a long, long time. Now I hope I'm being excessively pessimistic here and we're able to recover faster, but you know, and, and you know, another thing that you said, Yvonne, that has stuck with me from a few shows ago is that it's not necessarily that things are worse now than they were a few decades ago. It's that we're going in the wrong direction. now. Yes, that's the problem. Is that we were used to this tide going the other way, you know? And all of a sudden, it feels like we've got this fucking tide that we're still, you know, we can't stop. Right. And, and yeah, it's we're going the wrong way. And, you know, uh, and the thing is, OK, yeah, we elected Biden, but it slows the tide, but it didn't it didn't revert it. Yeah. I mean, you you, you got this court in place. They're going to have massive amounts of impact until there's a wholesale turnover <laughs> you know i mean it slowed the tide definitely a lot but it it didn't revert it M- maybe um maybe one of uh thomas's billionaire friends can give him a ride on a submarine <laughs> yes there you go oh god sorry bruce yeah yeah uh i know stop with the submarine stop jokes. with the submarine jokes and and i mean i do not want anybody to go harm any Supreme court justices or anything like that, that would actually make things worse, not better. No, we, no. What I say, I was just encouraging a submarine tour. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yes, yes. Uh, we're going to be talking about this SCOTUS for a long time and the various things they're doing. They, they just teed up a case, you know, they, they finished all their cases and they also announced some of the things that'll be in next term. One of the cases they've agreed to take on next term is whether or not laws that say that people who are currently under restraining orders because of domestic violence, whether or not they can have guns. Cause right now there's a federal law that says if you have a restraining order against you in a domestic case like that, you cannot have a firearm and they're, well, they're teeing it that, up. That to may say exist whether, at a federal level, but that, that's not really enforced in almost anywhere. So, yeah. Well, I mean, over here, anybody, anybody's got a fucking gun. Well, theoretically, once you have that restraining order, you're also not supposed to have firearms. But they're taking that to court, and g- th- given this SCOTUS, they 
very well may say that's unconstitutional and those people you know all all, the even some red states have recently passed these red flag laws and stuff that say basically if you have a good reason to suspect someone is a danger to the people around them you can take away their fucking guns yeah those may not last so anyway fun fun okay let's close it up yvonne all right close it up close it up close it up um as usual, you can go to curmudgeons-corner.com and see our archives, see our email, see our Facebook, see our Mastodon. Get in touch with us in all of those ways. We would love to hear from you. Wouldn't we, Yvonne? Yes. Uh, you can also find our Patreon there where you can give us money. Preferably lots of money. We like money. Money is good. We could, you know, we're, we're, we're at approximately $15 a month right now from our Patreon and yeah, that, and more would be nice. But if you send money to our Patreon at various levels, we will mention you on the show. We will ring a bell. We will send you a postcard. We will send you a mug, all that kind of fun stuff, but very important $2 a month or more, or if you just ask us, cause we're that kind of nice, friendly show, we will invite you to our Curmudgeon's Corner Slack where Yvonne and I and various other listeners are chatting throughout the week, sharing links, talking, all this kind of stuff. So, and we would love to have more of you on there. It's a lot of fun. Please join us. Uh, so Yvonne, how about, I know we're, I know we've, we're, we've taken a while. We're, we're, we're past our normal target length, I think. Uh, but is there one thing from the curmudgeons corner slack this week that we have not talked about on the show that you would like to share right now? They stopped sharing their Netflix password. Is family therapy next? <laughs> okay. I saw, I saw you share this, but I did not read it. Wall Street Journal. Parents, siblings, and kids are giving each other the boot in awkward talks. My mama raised me to share. Even she is now cut off. So uh, it's this whole thing about uh, the Netflix password crackdown and how people are getting into uh, fights and disputes, um, you know, uh, over this. People getting really angry. Um, you know, uh, a quote here. It sounds like I'm getting a divorce or something, says Jennifer Joseph, Fayetteville, North Carolina, who broke the news to her many Netflix hangers on in May, a Facebook post. I'm so sorry, but I just keep sharing, despite the fact that my mama raised me to share. Even now she is cut off. Um, let's see. Uh, so people are just, um, getting into some really angry, uh, and uncomfortable discussions with members of their family, their kids, their moms, their cousins, um, you know, their friends over o- over this. Um, yeah, I will say that I remember that when I first started using Netflix, uh, somebody had shared me their password. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I started actually watching shows and pretty quickly I was like, eh, you know, I don't want to. You buy your own. I'll I'll buy my own. Okay. Uh, you know, I just did it because you know I I just wanted to try it because I was just not on and so they to me and then I got my own password. But um, you know, uh, I I I 
you know, there are people that really watch a lot of Netflix. Mm-hmm. My wife being one of those people. I barely watch any of it, but she watches a lot of Netflix shows. Okay. Yeah. And given the price of Netflix, it's not that expensive. If you watch that much fucking Netflix, pay the fucking bill. Shut up and stop complaining. (laughs) Well, you know, it's just that, like, the thing is, Netflix actually, part of their marketing campaign a few years back was actually about sharing their password and how that was a sign of love and all this kind of stuff. And then at, at this point, they're like, you know, we got to make some Jesus, fucking money. We're losing a lot of money this way, damn it. Uh, because everybody was sharing with like a dozen people or whatever, you know, and they could create profiles and blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, like at the moment, our Netflix isn't shared with anybody outside of our address at the moment. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It, I can understand. Like if you've got like eight people, that we're all sharing one account. If all eight of them buy their own, that's a lot more money. Yes, it is. Of course, that's why Netflix wants them. But depending on the nature of their, it just, depending on how hard they crack down, some of those people just won't bother. But as long as they make a little bit more, they're, they're okay. You know, like if, if, if only two of those people end up getting their own subscriptions and not all eight, Netflix is still up on that deal. And, and if I remember right, Netflix has made a, a tier where if you want somebody external at a different address to still use your account, you can actually pay an amount on your account for them that's less than a whole separate Netflix account and keep them on your account. You, you're, you're, it's, it's not going to be free anymore, but you can be like, yeah, you know, grandma's using my account. I'm going to pay the extra six bucks a month to support right. her as well. So makes sense. Anyway, I, I think, you know, there's a whole series. We haven't talked about Twitter in a while. We haven't talked about the Reddit thing at all. Uh, Google's doing some crap. There are a whole who bunch cares of about Who really cares about Reddit? A I lot mean, of people serious. care about Reddit. No, no, that's a lot of people, but it's a percentage, but it's a percentage of people out there. Yeah. Who really gives a damn about Reddit? A bunch of geeks. Anyway. Yes, the, that's it. <laughs> the, the point is, there are a whole bunch of companies right now that because well, because of a variety of reasons, are going through a cycle where they're just trying to claw back extra revenue from things that they were giving away for free. Um, And they're getting pushback. We'll see how it all works out. But like, there's some, I think some of these companies are going to end up self-destructing because they're too aggressive about it. Some, some of them will morph a little bit and survive. I think Netflix is one of the ones that will morph a little bit and survive because people can do other things. Uh, some of like what Twitter and Reddit are doing, I don't know. They're going to have a hard time. I don't know. I, that, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, they're, they're basically telling their users to go fuck themselves, and that's not a winning strategy. But it's not? No. And, and, and I no. guess kind of Netflix is doing that. But at the same time, you can be like, Dude, you were using it for free. 
Yeah, exactly. You, you, Come on, it give was me a fucking against, break. It was against the rules. You knew it was against the rules. We've always said it was against the rules. Even when we included it in our marketing, it was still actually against the rules. And so just just pay up a little bit. Get over it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Some of these others. We'll see. We'll see. There's this again, there's this whole cycle. A whole bunch of companies are doing it right now where they're making their services crappier in the name of monetizing more and yeah, we'll see. Anyway, that's it. We are out of that's here. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us again. Have a great week. Uh, I guess the 4th of July holiday is coming up. So soon. have a good 4th of July holiday. For those of you in the U.S., of course. I know we've got some international listeners, too. Uh, so have a good holiday and stay safe on the holiday. I think I've mentioned this the last couple of years. Don't go out there blowing up your own fireworks, especially if you're also like drinking and under the influence. So many people like completely mangle their fucking hands or lose them completely or otherwise injure or kill themselves. And, and I, I got a cousin of mine who lost I, his eye. I know you told, you told us about that a couple, uh, last couple of 4th of July's when I've mentioned the same thing. There are people yeah, it, just, don't mess oh, with he did it. lose a tip of a finger, too. Yeah, like, if you want fireworks, go out and watch the professional show that's undoubtedly nearby you. Don't go messing with these things yourself. It's just dangerous and stupid. Uh, I know lots of people did it. Way back in the day, I used to do it, like, not with the really big ones, but we got a few things and blew them up in the yard. But no longer, not for many, many years, because it's, it's just, the professional ones are better. Go watch those, and you don't have to put yourself in danger. Duh. Okay. Lecture over. We're done. Goodbye. Be safe, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll be back next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.